Hey, you know, I've been doing this podcast thing and interviewing individuals, and usually it's about the dog world and the dog training stuff and what they've done in life. I'm going to interview you. Okay. So, first of all, tell me about you. What comes to mind when somebody asks you to tell you about themselves? Well, when someone asks me to tell them about myself, um, I usually start by saying my name, Levi Cooper. Um, I'm a fifth-year senior at Northern State, play football there, I'm a quarterback. Um, I'm a double major in chemistry and communications with a minor in business. Um, and my goal is to be an orthodontist at the end of the day and be able to provide for my family. And that kind of stuff is usually where I go with it. Um, yeah, it's kind of... So if you were to, to project and tell somebody that's getting ready to go into college or, or into life as a college student, what comes to your mind to tell them? You might not achieve the end result the way you thought you were going to. Um, Is school and life easy? No, it's not. But at the end of the day, as long as you're able to um, talk to your professors or even other students and get the help that you may need, even though it may be awkward, it might be embarrassing. It might be it'll be embarrassing for that one moment, but it'll pay off in the long run, which is something that I learned the hard way. Okay. Explain that. What did you learn the hard way? Life um, lessons. So, a couple years ago, I lost a really close friend of mine. And when that happened, I kind of lost direction on what I was doing, where I was going. I just didn't see the, the utility in anything that I was doing. I just didn't see the point. And in that, I lost, I lost track of my grades. I lost track of school. The only things I was really focused on was football and lifting weights and just... That was the only focus I had had, and then when I realized what that what the outcome was going to provide, like what the outcome was going to be, I was like, "This is not the outcome that I want." So it forced me to have those awkward conversations, to have those embarrassing moments with my professors, with other students, and I realized even in those moments, that even at my worst, that moment wasn't as bad as I was creating in my mind. Yeah. So then. When it did come to those, then in the future, when I finally got my grades turned around, I finally was able to create relationships with those professors and other students. It was a lot easier to have those conversations early on because I'd already had those conversations. I felt like I was at my lowest, and nobody treated me any differently. Nobody thought I was stupid. Nobody thought I was dumb. They were all there to help. And I mean, I think that has to do with like the environment where you're in, like you're comfortable with like the university that you choose. Um, like Northern State where I go, like the, count, the class sizes are really small, so it really gives you a really strong ability to create those relationships with your professors, which I don't know if other universities have that ability. What do you? Th- what if the person themselves creates their own environment? Because what you just said, what you just described to me, was in an environment you thought was one way, but as you made the relationships, as you made the communications as you made that because I hear all the time about kids thinking that they're lost or left out in a school or lost or left out in a situation but the lost and left out portion is them only because if they go and talk to the professors if they go and talk to more students if they go and build more relationships they're not lost and left out I mean I I think there's a point in that like your environment is what you make it Um, and then that's kind of up to you to 
you utilize those tools and resources that are around you, and if you don't do that, then you have then you run the risk of feeling lost or don't know where you're going. And in my case, I would say that's extremely accurate. Part, plus, part of what you know in, in talking to you, I want to convince you you have to press and force your own success. Nobody hands it to you. Nobody gives it to you. Nobody wishes it for you. You have to press your own success. Um, you know, you understand adversity. Mm-hmm. You understand that adversity struggle, that no matter what the adversity struggle is, that you have to proceed to be the best you, even though things around you aren't, aren't accurate or correct. Um, so when you look at adversity and talking to your high school self, to your 50 or senior self, what is the difference? Because you've had some similar situations. What's the difference? Because it hasn't drawn your psyche down to, I'm a failure like it did in the past. What's the difference? Um, Well, it sounds cliche, but mindset. Because the first time I went through adversity and stuff like that, I really internalized it and felt like it was my fault. But then as I was able to fight through that adversity when I was younger, I realized that one, it wasn't my fault. Two, it wasn't. It was out of my control. And three, it had nothing to do with who I was as a person, which is things that I kept on drawing on as I got older. And I mean, I wish I could go back and tell myself that, t- tell myself those key things. But at the same time, I don't think necessarily I would have believed it. So here's what I want you to do: in your verbal conversation right now, go back and tell yourself that. And say, Levi, you're 17. Guess what? You don't have to worry about those things. Say it. Levi, you're 17. You ain't got to worry about those things. You know why I'm doing that? Is because you, we carry things forward when we don't deal with them. And they sit there in our subconscious and undermine our activities and our actions. And they constantly undermine, and they constantly undermine, and they constantly undermine. And that when you get undermined, you stop working as hard because you all guess what? If I don't. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, the hard work's not going to pay off. Yes, it does. But that picture that it paints after the hard work may not be the picture that's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been opportunities that individuals that you've met that nobody in your school system has had the hand, time to sit down and shake hands with and spend time with. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names. Do you know the values of those types of things? Not yet. Not yet. Um, but Dad does. I, I mean, I feel very fortunate that I've had the ability to do some of those things. I mean, without the... I don't know if I would have had the foresight to push myself into those scenarios if I didn't have... Me? Uh, yeah, you. But that's okay. That, but that's, that's my task. My task is to make you better than I was. My task is to make you smarter than I am. My task is to make you be have an easier working life than I did. That's my task. Okay, to to look at all the little pieces and not sit back and go, "You'll figure it out." No, if I already know, give me that information. Give me the outline. So now here's the outline that you can follow when Dad's gone. Sometimes it's uncomfortable for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some, in some of those moments, I was shaking because mm-hmm. I was so nervous. Yeah. And then some of them, I was not so nervous just because of the, the, um, how much I was putting on that moment in my own head. Um, like what? I mean, there was a business meeting that I sat down. I wasn't so, I mean, I was nervous just because I was like, what am I doing here? Um, but there wasn't as much pressure on that moment that I wasn't putting as much pressure in that moment as I was with this, like the sporting realm. I was putting a lot of pressure in that moment because of things that were going on. So I was, for that one, I was shaking, but for the other one, I wasn't so nervous. And even, even in scenarios where you weren't even a, involved there I, I so I, one of my roommates well, not my roommate my girlfriend's roommate's dad she, he's the um the uh, dean at medical school in Iowa and I was able to connect with him and just talk with him for a little bit kind of pick his brain and that was super informal but then at the end of the day he was like if you ever need a letter of recommendation for de- when you go to dental school you better email me and text me because I will be more than willing to do so 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 look at the look at the value of that level of communication Yep, I pressured you to go talk to Brad. Okay, so look what how it's created your ability to go. Hey, this is no big deal. They're just human beings, right? And most human beings like to share. Most human beings like to pass on their legacy. Legacy, if they're smart enough to see it. So some individuals get their egos in the way, and they can help so many more. With their legacy, if their egos weren't in the way, I did this, I did that, I did that, I did this, and sometimes that restricts them from the big picture. So they damage everything underneath because they're they're not foresighted thinkers. I don't want you to be that way. I want you to be open to communication, open to failure, because failure is just the first step of success. You know, Michael Jordan didn't. You know, he led the league in shooting, but he didn't make all his shots. It's true. Kobe Bryant did, led the league in shooting, but he didn't make all his shots. Okay. But they practiced so doggone much that they missed fewer shots. Right. You know? So what what is your what is so you talk about being an orthodontist. I know that's a forced conversation that comes from your father because you know you were gonna fight that tooth and nail. But you've discovered the reason why. Yeah, I mean, through the job shadowing I did over the summer, which I'm going to do more after this football season is over just because I enjoyed it. Um, and I would like to shadow more. I'm r- roughly around 60 hours right now, and I'd like to get to 150, 100 to 150 by the time I started applying. Um, because a lot of kids don't shadow prior to. Well, it's actually mandatory to shadow too beforehand, but a lot of kids don't do more than the bare minimum, which is 50. So you see, now, now you have a letter from Matt. Yep. You've got the hours documented for that. I mean, just think of them. How did you stumble upon somebody to uh, shadow under? Well, so another, this is funny. So a form, So one of our former coaches, my freshman year, he was like a volunteer coach, um, defensive line coach. And he's been a very prominent football coach in this Aberdeen area. And um, I see him every once in a while at Menards, and we always talk and chit-chat and catch up. And he's always wondering how I'm, how I'm doing. And this early, late spring, I run into him again, and he goes, what are you still doing here? You're, aren't you a senior? You should be graduating and getting out of here. And I kind of told him my situation, told him I was planning to go to dental school. He goes, well, I have a really good dentist here in town. You should go and shadow him. And then 
before, so he sends him a text message while we're having our conversation. Before the end of our conversation, the dentist had already texted him back, had already said, told him to give me his phone number, and that was on Sunday, and by that following Wednesday, I was shadowing at the dental office, and it was a so, really good experience. So how, how proud are you of, are you of yourself that a person is willing to reach out for you to have you benefit? I don't think I give myself enough credit right. for those moments. That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm pulling that out of you because you don't pay attention to the pluses that mean more than sports. The successes that mean more than sports. A sit-down business meeting with a prominent business owner that has a future long-term gain. Football be long dead and gone. But those contact numbers that you have that nobody else has, they'd have to ask somebody for them, they'd have to reach out for them, but that, those numbers are given directly to you by the source. That's true. To you by the source. A person drops the what they're doing, makes a text message, takes a text and texts their dental friend, and you're working for them because of his word about you. That's the reason why I've said to you your whole entire career, you got to keep your nose clean. Because that gives people the ability to give their word in reference to you. If I call and say to call a business meeting and say, my son's not a dirtbag. I can go to bat for him and you're not treating him right. Because I can give my word about you. Now, if I've got to bail you out of jail four times a month right. and, and, and getting, you know, Dad, you know, I got, I'm got i in trouble with this, I'm in trouble with that. If i got to do those phone calls every day, I can't give my word on you. I can't give my word on you. So that, that's got bigger value than sports. And as we were talking about when we first sat down at the table, is the hard part about it is good black doesn't sell. Right. Good black doesn't sell. So, to counter that, is you have to put yourself in good career. That's what I was pushing you to do, like it honest. Because no matter what, that's good money. Good way of life. Giving the opportunity to travel if you want to, work less hours if you want to, have a couple of homes, write-offs, you know, but I would say from an older dad to buy stuff in moderation, keep more money in the bank, live under the radar, don't go buy the Lexus, you know, if you can afford it, don't, don't buy it. Just because you can afford it, live under your means, way under your means. Because one, you don't need to flaunt what you got. It helps avoid that attack because you're successful. Because as soon as you start flaunting your success, now you become a target. Right. Okay. Because good black doesn't sell. Doesn't sell. So when that said, okay, so now 
you're good and you're doing well. So what does that cause? Threat. Threat. And so people try to destroy you. And, and it's it's a, it's a um, society thing. Any time somebody's doing good, they try to dig dirt on them because they want to make themselves feel better. It has nothing to do with black and white. Because blacks have reduced opportunities in certain areas. When you get there and you get attacked, it reduces that opportunity even more. So it's it's not just a black thing. It's a cultural thing. Against anybody who's doing well, they get attacked. You, you, you go with sports. You go with entertainment. You go to high school. You know the the, the kids that number one in the in the class. Okay, the girl that's number one in the class. Uh, she's just a nerd. She's just you know it's always a just uh, whatever. So people get attacked no matter what. So it, it, that's not color wise. It's just because of the emphasis of of you being of some, a certain color, you're looked at harder. Because the thinking process in many cases, it's not well. It's not if they're going to screw up. It's when. You know, so you never give them the opportunity to, to see it or have it happen. So give me some of your goals. I mean, it doesn't matter what category. Well, my well, my biggest goal in life is just have my wife and my kids all under the same roof when I'm older and be able to get old and watch my kids grow up and their kids grow up. I'd like to travel. I'd like to hit all 50 states at some point. That's a goal of mine. I'd love to travel. I'd love to go to Europe. Um, I just like to enjoy and experience different cultures and kind of just immerse myself myself in them. Just because I think, I mean, throughout like all my communications classes, I mean, I had like the curiosity, but now it's like, a, it's really, I'm super curious on other cultures and stuff like that just because it's so interesting how people can be so different in, in I don't know in the different ways they search to survive right I mean when I went to Italy I loved Italy I mean I'd go back to Italy if I just disappear you don't find me check out Italy I'll, I'll be, I might be there you know when I find a way to live I'd, you know, I'd, I'd go to the bistro and go I'll wash dishes man I'll sleep on your floor in the corner toss me a scrap or two as long as I can get to the bathroom on you you know um yeah, I like traveling too. Not even, and as you as you get older, I'm trying to share more with you. So if I'm gone, because you've, you've recently had loss, okay? and everybody handles loss differently. I think you handle this really well for your age. You know, um, I appreciate you calling me to to facilitate. You know what do you, what to do and what to think. You know. Um, I appreciate you having the confidence in me. So overall, you know, when you when you deal with, with loss, um, you have to step back from the emotional side and make good decisions. Yeah. Um, Companies, when it comes to like burials and stuff like that, will try to get you to throw a whole lot of money in the ground. Yeah. And I've always said this: whenever every funeral that I went to, the person has one of those really expensive caskets. Why they did? Why they never lure it all the way down to the dirt? Well, because because that person doesn't go to the ground in that casket. Probably not. 
And then if they go back to exhume that person, the people that are standing and saw that casket go down in the ground never see it. If they have to bring him back up to do something with them for any type of crime or whatever, they're never going to see it. So I'm thinking it goes down, they come back, toss that body in a box, that sucker goes into the ground. My thought process is put me in a burlap sack and bury it and plant a tree above me and let my body nu nutrients yeah, feed the tree. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I get it. You sure. watch them lower it and that's it. Oh, why don't they take it all the way down to the ground? Those straps are supposed to come off easy. They just, no, because that sucker ain't going in there. So that $150,000 casket, I venture to guess a person, there's not a person in the ground that's sleeping in yeah, because every mortician drives a Bentley. Yeah, they do drive nice cars. They do drive nice cars. Because it ain't that expensive to do taxidermy. <laughs> it's the same process, man. Yeah, embalming and all that. You know? Put some deer antlers on him. Jesus. <laughs> Uncle Buck hanging out the wall. Be a skinwalker. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know? So, they keep that in mind. You know, it's 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 tough, and I'm sorry for your losses of your, your grandpa. We def but my uncle was on that same thought process, too. He's there as cheap as possible. There's no reason to spend extra money, which was nice. Well, here's what you're thinking, see? Yeah. If you, hadn't, if you hadn't been exposed to the information, you hadn't made the phone call, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you up front, don't throw a whole lot of money in the ground. Because what will happen is, is the emotional cell happens. And I had the same conversation with Claire the other day. She's talking about how they do this and they do that, and it's a three-day process for the funeral. I'm like, why? What's the reason? That's just a whole bunch of money being spent for no reason. And she was like, she didn't get upset with me in a way. She just didn't understand why I would think so. Like, why? Why my thought process was that? I was like, you guys can just go out into a field, play some music on a on a speaker, sit, share some stories, maybe have a picnic, and then throw my body in a burlap sack in a hole in the ground with a tree open and put a plant a tree on top of me, and that is all you need to do. And she was like, well. I want a nice casket. I was like, why? You're dead. I was like, why? You're dead. She's like, you're not going to put me in a nice casket? I was like, I'll put you in the burlap sack. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. But that's the thinking process. Yeah. You're being sold the Gucci. Right. Okay. You're being laid to rest. You're being sold the Gucci. What do you mean? What's the point? What's the point of you being dead in a $3,000 casket. No, dude, that's the cheap ones. I know, but like, what's the, what's the, what is the point? Yeah. So, um, the point is, the person that's standing over there, so, I mean, he, no, I, so, logically, like, so, there's no, so, 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 did you see how, how that add-on sale was done? Did you see that process? Yeah, it was, they were all lined up next to each other, and then it was broken down, and then, at the end of it, we came out of there relatively, um, as cheap as we bare bones we could get it out of them. See, like like me, I'm like, you can display them in that. That's it. Yeah. Well, we got to rent that to you. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, I'll give you a hundred bucks. How's that? 